Welcome to the sixth edition of the 10th Region Weekly. This is your host, Patrick Kelch, along with Ledger Independence Evan Dennison. And on the week on the show this week is Brighton County head coach Adam Reed. And uh, Coach Reed coming off a big victory yesterday. And if we were given midseason awards, it's no secret you'd be my coach of the year. What you've done in this short amount of time from last year to this year has not only been fun to watch, but it's it's been remarkable how you've got guys to buy in. Just talk about the difference from last year's team to this year. Man, um, you know, I think that we was on we was on we was getting there last year. What happened was COVID didn't allow us to have summer basketball. So so when I got hired my first year, I got hired late, couldn't get anything, couldn't get anything in the summer. And and then COVID knocked out summer basketball. And you know, and I know, I know a lot of people don't put stock a whole lot of stock into like, oh, we beat this team or we got beat by this team. But the camaraderie and the getting together and and uh maybe staying over at a trancy uh camp where we're spending the night two nights and, and you get a hang out with your buddies between games and get to go out to eat restaurant and just just cut up with your, your with your buddies that meant everything for us this summer it meant everything and that and that group of of guys who fought and stuck with it continued to get along and support Peyton when he was playing football and and would see each other in the hallways and you know you know that's what it is man it's about a, a brother it's a brotherhood a friendship um, am I willing to fight for you? Do I like you enough to fight for you? And and that's that's where we're at. You know, I know you guys still obviously got goals to achieve and, you know, barriers to knock down the rest of this season. But did you think it would come along this quickly? I mean, you're sitting at 11 and five right now with a couple of, you know, qual- real quality wins. But I mean, did you expect it to maybe come along, maybe, you know, progress this this fast? Well, you know, I'm I'm I've always been um the kind of guy who would say, okay, we're going to get 13 wins and, and Blake's going to average 24 points and Kane's going to average 14 and Deshaun's going to average eight. I've always been like that kind of in my mind thinker. But what, what's going on is they are, they're doing better than what I thought they could do. I guess if that makes sense. Like if you told me Blake was going to average 28 and a half points a game through through 16, 17 games this year, I, I I wasn't feeling that. I thought that there would be guys, you know, and, and he's dealt with a lot of boxing chases and 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 triangle and two, and they've dealt with that stuff. Other guys have stepped up. And the, I guess the other part is I didn't know Austin Norton was going to be able to defend at the level he's defending. So when when you put Jashad's de- defense and Caden's defense – and then you add Austin Norton and Devontae and Blake's always been, we know where the passes are going to go. We know how to how to read the game. But Devontae's on-ball pressure this year has really allowed us to ramp it up a little bit. And and I feel like it's really frustrating and, and hurting guys. It's funny, you, you know, you mentioned defense. I was literally just getting ready to say that. And, you know, me just as, as covering you guys the, the prior two years and now going into this season – that's where the biggest improvement's been is then on, on that defensive end. You know, you I pinpoint the Augusta game the first time you played them and, and the run you guys went on in the second half, it all started with your defense. Campbell County game, you forced 20 turnovers. You know, that you, you guys win that game because of that stat, I think, a lot. It has a lot to do with it. And then, again, you, you factor in 
the win you guys got on Saturday, you know, it, able to lock down there in the, in the final couple seconds and just able to, you know, hold guys down from, from what they're maybe normally averaging. And I mean, just maybe speak of how, how much you've seen uh, progress on that end of the floor, because I think that's the biggest difference for you guys. Cause we know you got guys that can put the ball in the basket. Yeah. I think that um, we go to the drawing board every game and we say, okay, who's the biggest guy Jashad's got him. Right. And then it's like, okay, where, where's the next lengthy guy at? Is the next lengthy guy, a, is he a perimeter guy? Is he another post? You know, how are we going to defend that? And we feel like, and, and more so more so uh, the game against Augusta, I think Caden got in foul trouble. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just spitballing here. Caden mm-hmm. got in foul trouble, and we had to move Devontae to Kaysen. There wasn't a whole lot of change there. I mean, he, Kate, Devontae was still able to keep him out of the keep him out of the paint. He was still able to force him left. Um, he was still able to disrupt. We were still able to disrupt their offense. But I guess that key is who's Austin Garden today, and and what are we going to do with Blake and, and Blake and Devontae? Sometimes we like Blake being able to get off of and help because he's such a hit me such he's so good at help. And other times, like last night, we wanted Blake to guard, pressure the basketball a little more, and and he's capable of doing that. So I just think that when the last two years, us getting our butts kicked, playing man-to-man defense, I didn't – and listen, everybody who – you Patrick, you know, there's I got 100 coaches around me, and they're all telling me, well, you got to zone some. You got to zone. You got to zone some if you're going to win. And for me, it was more so, guys, if we ever want to compete with the guys that I'm trying to compete with, we have to be able to lock up. We got to be able to guard in a 30-second in a setting, up to, down to. We got to be able to, to defend and, and protect our basket. And I talked to you guys about an elite rim protector or an elite charge taker. We have an elite charge taker. Blake's, Blake takes a charge or two a game. He always seems to be the guy who is willing to step in there, sacrifice his body, and take the charge, take the blow, and get the ball back for us. And that's kind of that's kind of our mentality. Now, if I can get Devontae and Caden to buy into what Jashad Blake and Austin do taking charges, then we will be really, really dangerous because Devontae and Caden are always in the right position. They're always there. They're just unwilling to take the charge right now. And I'll tell you what's impressed me the most. And um, I, I watched the Campbell County game. I watched the Augusta game. Both games kind of come down to that one possession. And, you know, at this time, a lot of times you find the guy with the be- your best player, which is Blake, and you give the ball in his hands. You let him dribble down, let him take the last shot. All right, against Campbell County, you take Blake off the ball. You get the ball to Caden, hits Devontae. He splits a nice double team. You get Blake curling off the high post, he gets a layup. All right. Also, last night, you put the ball in Caden's hands, which in my opinion, there's probably not a point guard in the region I would trust more than Caden with the ball in his hands to not only, you know, handle the ball, but also to make the right decision. And he penetrates, draw defender, hits the shot, he lays it in. Um, just talk about the trust that you have to have when you have a guy that can put in 30 points 
that you put him off the ball against Campbell County, who, in my opinion, top five team in the region, one of those statement wins that you've made. And then Augusta was a preseason top five team. You've beat him twice now. And both times, uh, Blake didn't have the ball in his hands until he scored the winning bucket. And then in the Augusta game, you know, Caden has it, finds your shot, he puts it in. That takes a whole level of trust from your part and your player's part. Coach, we are trying, we are trying to get these guys to trust themselves. Jashad, Austin, Devontae, we're trying to get those guys to trust themselves. Have some confidence about yourself that I can make this shot, that, that I can make the drive, I can hit the free throws. And then when Caden and Blake trust them, you already know that that's a whole nother level of, okay, it's just like the, I, I listened to a guy one time, he said, if you come up to bat and you and you don't think you're going to get a hit, you're probably not going to get a hit. But if you come up to bat and you think that you can get a hit and the guy on deck thinks you can get a hit and the guys in the, in the dugout think you can get a hit, you, you're going to have a pretty good chance of getting a hit. So that's kind of what we're we're trying to build that, and it's only going to make us better. Like I told, like I told Evan the other day, I told other people, we can't rely on Blake to score forty points every night. It's not going. It's not realistic. It's not realistic, and we win. You know, can can he can when the lights come on? Does Blake show up? Of course. Is he going to try to go and get thirty five? Yeah, he's going to. But sometimes it's not going to happen. We got to have other guys willing to step in take the big shot, or or make the mistake or miss the shot. I, to me, I could care less. You know, at, at this point in the game, you got to at least take it. If you take it and you miss it, at least the next time we play Campbell County, they're going to go to the scout and they're going to say, well, you know what? This kid did shoot five threes. He made one of them, but, but he did shoot five. He did get us on a drive to the lane and went to the free throw line. Maybe we have to adjust how we defend. You know, I mean, the, the big the big thing in that game was Devontae got off to a quick start, scored eight points, four rebounds, and, and they had to go to the drawing board. They had to say, okay, well, we, we can't zone them. Well, we got we got to switch up who's guarding who, and then Blake gets going, and then Kane gets going late. And you know, so so it's and Patrick, we both we had a we had a 12-point lead against Campbell County. You know, we we was we was in it, we was in a groove. Uh, a bad and let me talk about the bad decisions. Bad decisions led to uh, a miss three. Campbell County comes down, gets an and one. Another missed bad shot. They come down and hit a three, and, and all of a sudden it's a it's a daggone ball game. You know, last night against Augusta, it's it's the I think the wheels are starting to, to come off a little bit. It's 48 45 or 50 to 45 or something. Devontae picks up a cheap one. No, we was up five. Blake comes down, shoots a bad three. They get the rebound. We get a stop. We come back down. Caden penetrates, hits Blake in the corner. Blake misses another three. They go down and score. We come down. We don't. I don't know what happens. Cason gets the ball out of bounds. Devontae's guarding. They call the foul. He gets a technical. I, I, at that point, I'm thinking, oh, we're beat. I'm thinking they're going to go to the free throw line. Jason's going four corners like he did so well last night. Great game plan. Got Caden in foul trouble. Spread the floor. Said, you know what? Maybe they'll call some of those some of those hand checks and some of them fouls out front to get to relieve that pressure. He did a he did a wonderful job. And we was just lucky enough 
to have the bet to have the best player. And when you got the best player, you you know you've had Justin for three years. When you have the best player, when it's a tight game or overtime, 85% of the time you're gonna win. Just speak about that atmosphere yesterday and you know what you're expecting the rest of the week. Cause I mean, obviously a, a huge double header for, for your program and, and the girls program too. Well, um, kudos to Coach Archibald um, and those girls. Listen, I, I'm in the gym with those girls a lot. I get to see them. I get I get to watch uh, Coach Archibald do his thing. He, he coaches them hard. They work hard for him. And they shot the heck out of the basketball. I'm so happy for Macy Sharp, Bethany Kirk, Nicole, all those girls. They all played really hard, and they played good, and they got the big win over Augusta. Now, Bishop Rosser, right? I mean, does it matter how good they are or what they, or what's on paper or or how many points they're averaging? Or, it does not matters when it when you go and play in the Class A tournament. That's that's Bishop Rossard's tournament. You got to have one of the best teams in your school history to beat them, and they're only giving up forty nine points a game. So I don't care about their record defensively. They're going to be solid. They're going to they're going to box out. They're going to rebound. They're going to they're going to make you make mistakes. They're going to be in that sunken in, look like a zone man to man type deal. And then if we get by them, Calvary Christian's only giving up forty eight points a game. So so it's kind of like can can we can we speed them up enough to get in the sixties? Can we get in the sixties? Because I feel if we can get in the sixties. We'll have a good chance of winning both games, but you know, can we do that? Are we are we uh, disciplined enough to do that? We didn't run any offense against Augusta last night. I think we finally ran a set, and Caden got the two man come off a screen and hit a little floater in the lane. I mean, we could do that every single trip, but they just refused last night. They were just refusing to get into the flow of our offense, which allowed Augusta to kind of hang around. So. Um, LJ Connor, big game last night. He was great last night. Uh, I'm happy for that guy. Uh, you know, Kaysen continues to fight. You know, adversities hit with Riley being hurt, continues to fight. Chase and Connor on the wing. Um, Kylan, it was 25-25. Kylan hit back-to-back threes to push it to 31 to 25 last night. I just felt I never, but I during the game, I just never felt like. We're going to lose. And I felt like that same way against Campbell County. Like, I just didn't feel like we was going to lose. Last year, I felt like, oh, we're going to lose this game. This year, I don't feel that way. This year, I feel like they've grown up. I feel like they've matured. I feel like they can, you know, I don't need to call a timeout. I mean, Patrick, how many times are we on the blacktop with no coaches and it's and it's 11-11 and we're going to 12? I mean, we didn't have timeouts. You had guys that had to go make plays, and that's what I want – I want my guys to do. I feel like sometimes I I, I try to do too much, but I, and I want to kind of touch on that. I don't want to just give the basketball to Blake and say go win the game. I, I I want I want this to look as professional as possible. I want this to I want to be able to say, okay, we know what we're doing. We're going to run this. We're going to get a pin down. We're going to you know I, I just like South Laurel. I probably should just give Blake the ball and say, go make a play. 
but I wanted to do I wanted to, I wanted to match the coaching ability of the other guy on the, on the other side of the of the you know South Louisville's coach. He would have drew something up to get a shot. I wanted to image that. I wanted to be able to in a close game say, "Hey, we're good enough over here to to get something that we want." And you know, last night I learned I learned from that. You know, I did I did that against South Laurel. We didn't get the shot we wanted. And last night I'm saying to myself, Caden's got the ball. They, they're not going to be able to keep him out of the paint. Just go make a play. I'm not calling a timeout. So so he did that. He went and made a play, and and Jashai was able to catch and finish. And you know, I'm happy for Jashai. He went broken hand, and he always gets the you know the brunt of the fouls called on him. You know, because he's so aggressive. I just think he's got his hands moving so fast that they just they blow the whistle on him, and he fouls. I'm not going to say he don't foul. He fouls all the time. But but it's just, you know, us growing, us growing to, to be able to manage ourselves or call a timeout and us managing them. You know, I think that's been huge. And defensively, like you said, Evan, it's been the biggest, biggest difference. But now we're not rebounding as well, right? We got Peyton hurt, and we're not rebounding as well. And, and I thought Augusta exploited that. I think Coach Henson probably tell him, you guys hit the glass. Hit the glass. Every offensive shot, hit the glass. And they did, and, and it, it kept them in it. Um, you touched on something just a second ago is my next question, which will lead right in. You know, we talked in the preseason, on the preview, you talked about growing uh, maturity, growth of just yourself. And last year, if you remember, um, we talked several times about these close games. You, were, you weren't winning the close games. How many close games? I don't know. I talked to you about. I remember the game at Augusta. I remember talking to you after some other ones. You're like, at some point in time, these games have to go in our favor. They have to go in our favor. And this year, it seems like they're starting to go in your favor. A two point win against Campbell, you know, and both games, Campbell and Augusta, you did face some adversity. Um, Campbell, yeah. 12 point lead. Before you know it, you know, it's a ball game. Yeah. Augusta last night, you got a 55-49 lead, I think. You know, you get a technical. They tied up at the free throw line. You had every opportunity last night to let those wheels fall off. But yeah. that growth of stuff that you've talked about, it's starting to show now. You know, you're winning those close games. And, and, and again, I think with the maturity of Caden and Blake, I feel, I feel like – I feel like if – you know, I mean, I'm not – I'm 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 dad, but I'm I'm being coach here. You know, I'm I'm being coach. I'm always being coach. Minus Justin, I mean, I just don't know if there's any other guard that I would want on my team than, than Blake. And then and then I look down the line and I'm thinking to myself, well, who who else would I want to run my show? And you know, I'm it's Caden. So I feel I feel like that with those two guys. With those two guys and all the basketball that they've played and and all the and all the hard work they've put in, I just feel I just feel like that we're, we're we've came to a situation where all that work is now showing up, right? We're 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 now to this point in the game where if you didn't play summer basketball, if you didn't lift weights. If you didn't get a thousand shots up every other day, if you didn't hit a hundred free throws, if you didn't do these ball handling drills every day for 30 minutes, it's starting to show up. So, so it's just 
them them alone uh, is winning is winning games, you know, or putting guys in a situation to win games. And I couldn't be happier with with the, where, where they're at. Um, I feel like that they're you know I always worried about always worried about Bracken County being the right fit for Blake and Caden and Jashad. You know, being an Augusta kid, having to go to went Bracken play to Bracken. Never really felt like I was 100%, you know, taken in by Bracken County. We bring AJ to, to Mason County. We go to Augusta to play for Brian. Brian leaves. Bracken County offers me a job. And in the back of my head, I'm thinking, are they going to be okay here? And then now they're the biggest cheerleaders for the girls team, the biggest cheerleaders for the baseball team at the football games. They're bought into Bracken County. So that that tells me that we made the right decision and that people can get behind them. People will cheer for them. People will love them because that that's what that's what's going to win these close games. The, our, our fans, the, the 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 teacher, the teaching staff, the principal, the athletic director, when they support what you're doing and, and what these kids are doing. It takes you to another level, and and I feel like we're we're getting really close. PK, I'll just I'll go I'll go one more because I know uh, we could probably talk forever us three, but uh, <laughs> we'll we'll keep it short for the guy for everybody listening out there when this gets out. Um, I just want to I don't want to look too far ahead because obviously I know you've got a huge week ahead, but you know you just look at you know, uh, you know let's say you get through this week, and then you look at Friday, you know Ashland Blazer. You got Harrison County on there. You got uh, GRC. You know those those three games. I think you look down the rest of the road for you guys. Um, without you know a- after the All A, you know it's going to be based off a draw. So how how much do you look forward to those games before maybe the the district tournament? Considering that there's no like seed games or anything like that after the All A is pretty much over. I, I'm really excited to go play Ashland. Um, I know, I know those kids. I, I, you know, I, I want. I, I think Jason Mays. When I watch film and I see the stuff he does, it's, it's, you know, I've, I've added a couple of sets, just like, oh gosh, that would work for Blake, or oh gosh, we can get the shot on the curl with this play. I've added so much stuff just watching that dude's films. He's, uh, he's unreal. I, I want to coach against him. I want that opportunity, and I want our boys to play against. Uh, they're buddies, you know, and guys that are going to the next level, D ones, and and let's see where we where where you stack up as an individual. Now, GRC, same thing. Can't can't wait, can't wait to go down there and play in that play in that gym and play against Coach Cooks. Uh, I love what he does. I, I feel like you know, take away take away Trent Edwards. I mean, he's six eight, but how do we match up? Like. Caden and Aiden, Blake and Jerome, Austin and the Tanner Walton kid, Devontae and Sam. I mean, I feel like four for four, we're good. You know, I feel like we're, we, we're solid there. The fifth, the fifth and, and, and most, you know, interesting piece of the puzzle for GRC is Trent Edwards. We don't have anybody to, to match his length. We don't have anybody to match his instincts on grabbing loose balls or tipping it away and, and and starting a fast break or we don't have anybody like that. Now, Jashad's going to play his butt off. Jashad's going to do everything he can 
to disrupt that. And that's not taking anything away from Shotty. Shotty's a he's a three. He's having to guard fours and fives every single night. If we put him out on the perimeter guarding a three, he makes it really hard on a three. But but he he he's taking that to that that you know what we are, who we are, and he's ran with it. Um, Harrison County, I know they're big. Um, you know, Caden Custard plays there. You know, I really like the uh, the other kid they got, the Hinton kid. I really, really like him. I think he's he's probably the biggest upside on that on that ball club is, is the Hinton kid. He, he's you know he got got a good touch, six three, six four, plays the two. Um, then you got Big Will and uh, uh, coach's son JD, another six by six six kid. I mean, they got good size. And I know Caden will be able to handle our pressure to an extent. So we're looking forward to playing that game. And Coach Brooks, I mean, he's he they're gonna be tough, man. I mean, they're they're gonna be a good, good ball club. Uh, Mason County got them by 11. Um, but you know, Mason County's tough. So so I feel like, you know, we, we want these games to kind of push us after the class A, you know. Boom, it's time to prepare for the district tournament. You know, whoever we play, we play. So let's just go out there and try to play the best competition we can play. Get us ready. Get us in big moments. Get us in big gyms. Um, you know, that that's kind of where we're at. Coach, uh, last thing. Uh, you know, when I left Brighton County in 2015, there was a lot of times on boys' games that there wasn't enough people in the gym to start a fight. Just wasn't a lot of winning basketball, wasn't a lot of uh, exciting basketball. I just want to congratulate you because after that atmosphere last night, um, you've not only brought winning basketball back to Brighton County, but you've also brought um, exciting basketball back. So congratulations to you for that. Congratulations to your kids. Best of luck moving forward. I appreciate your time tonight. Absolutely, guys. Y'all have a good one, man. Thanks, Adam. See y'all. See you, all right, Evan, uh, we also had some, uh, you know, not just the All-A, but we also had the 2A this week. And uh, um, let's go ahead and finish the All-A before we get into the 2A. Um, you know, you were at Brighton County all day yesterday. Um, the Augusta Brighton County game was exciting. I thought Nicholas County hung around with uh, Bishop Rossert. Um, but before that, um, I hate to see Paris not get the chance to uh, – participate but due to COVID St. Pat will advance to the uh, um, semifinals where they'll face Calvary Christian who upended Robertson County yesterday and what was another exciting game so um, talk to me about the uh, Brossard Nicholas County I did get to watch it on the NFA or I'm oh, sorry prep spin but I wasn't there so tell me what you saw I just think Brossard's first quarter was the, the difference in the game I mean they shot out to a 14-1 lead they had three or four threes within the first three or four minutes of the game Mason Sapati, Logan Woosley, a couple of those guys were just knocking down some triples. And then, um, you know, Nichols kept battling. I mean, they they, they stuck, stuck within striking distance. They were within about eight to ten pretty much the rest of the way. And, you know, they did it with, you know, Wyatt, Wyatt Clark being in foul trouble a lot of the game. He had his fourth foul with, like, I don't know, three, three minutes to go in the third quarter. And uh, I thought Coach Wrights did a good job of kind of subbing him in and out for the next six to eight minutes to maybe get him down that final stretch. But – you could tell it took away his aggressiveness and um, Brosser, you know, they just took so many charges in that game. I mean, it was, it was a charge fest for a while um, on both sides. I thought, and that's kind of what kept Nicholas in it too, is 
they would get up under Govan and Govan would kind of try and muscle him up and they'd take a charge and he'd get in foul trouble as well. But, uh, you know, it was my first look at both teams. Really like how that Nicholas teams plays. They just, you know, they, they just don't have all the guys yet, you know, and, and, and Wright's, you know, they're young. I mean, they're all freshmen. I think one of the kids stepped in, scored like 11 points with a seventh grader, uh, Peyton Hatton. Uh, they had other kids that were, you know, stepping up and doing well, but you, you can tell they're still just a, a little bit away. But you know, they they, they fought hard, and and then um, you know, you well, you at, talked you, about you talked about how it was a charge fest. Well, we know that's that's kind of Brossard's mo anyhow. Right. You know, they're always in position defensively, but that also is a kind of hats off to John Michael because uh, you know Tate Letcher and the um, Morris kid who I think got hurt and miss a lot of the game, those two guys are undersized every night and they're still in there battling a go van or, you know, like you said, getting up underneath there and willing to sacrifice their body to take the charge. So I think a lot of that is the fact that coach Wrights has those guys bought in to what he's trying to do. Absolutely. And you could tell just the fight in them, you know, it, it really meant something to them, you know, despite, you know, having quite a deficit early on. They kept battling, got within, I think it was a seven. Seven was the closest they got there in the second half and just couldn't get over the hump. But, uh, you know, I was impressed with Brossard, you know, despite their early season record. And, you know, if they're hitting threes like they do, like they did on, on Saturday and then going into Tuesday, it's going to be one heck of a game. Um, and and I, what I, what concerns me the most is just how many charges they do take and how aggressive Bracken County and Blake Reed and Caden, those guys are how well could they can control their bodies and avoid those types of charges and how often they're going to get called. Cause then they could be looking at some foul trouble. Well, and I look for, uh, and I know like Adams talked about, you know, size does present them with some problems and uh, Govan not only big, but he's also pretty skilled for a big guy. And I know Jashad's going to have to try to guard him, but that poses some problems for Jashad. Jashad way more athletic than Govan, probably quicker. But um, if Jashad were to get in foul trouble, I think then they have to go to um, uh, Garrett Reynolds, who just started playing. And um, I thought Garrett gave him some good minutes defensively last night, came up with a big block in the lane on Case in there late. But, uh, you know, Brosser definitely has some pieces. You know, I think everybody was unfairly crowning the winning of Bracken Augusta, the Class A champion. That's a little unfair to those guys and also unfair to Bishop Rossert and whoever comes out on the other side because I think our Class A has as much parity now as it ever has. People aren't giving Calvary enough credit for, you know, what they have. And and then, um, you know, Brossert, you know, like Adam talked about, this is kind of like their tournament. You know, they they expect to win this every year because they've won it more times than not. So, um, I definitely think Tuesdays will be a, a fun and exciting atmosphere. Um, and I, de- I think it's going to be a good game. Like you said, Bracken's aggressiveness could get them in some trouble. And uh, But I'm curious to see if the inexperienced guards of Brossert can handle that pressure that Bracken County throws at you. You know, what impresses me, and I didn't get a chance to tell Coach Reed, they play that style for 32 minutes. It ain't just for a quarter. It's not for a half. They play it four quarters. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're up in your face and – forcing turnovers left and right. And just in the second half alone, they forced 12 against Augusta. And that was only when Augusta had five at halftime. So they really turned the throttle up. And, and that was a big difference maker in the second half there. And, you know, I, I think, like you said, the parity in the all-A, I, I think it would have been fair to say five of the eight teams going in had a shot to win it. I mean, the Calvary-Robertson winner, I didn't get to see that game. I was getting updated. I, I saw the stats afterward. It just seemed like Robertson stopped 
kind of scoring around the three or four minute mark of the fourth. I think it was a 44 41 game with, I don't know, two, three minutes left. You might be able to fact check me on that. And then I think they only scored two points the rest of the way. And, you know, it seems like they did a good job of, you know, Justin Becker got his, he got 30 and 10, but, you know, otherwise there was only 13 points scored the, the rest of the game from, from, you know, the other guys. I talked to Coach Massey after the game, and, you know, what people don't realize is Robertson led after the first three quarter breaks, mm-hmm. you know, after the first and at half, and then again um, after three. And uh, Coach Massey mentioned that they had like a seven-point lead with like a minute or so to go in the second quarter and um, just some careless turnovers that led to transition layups to get it back down to three or four to go into halftime. He felt like that was a turning point. And then also, as you mentioned, you know, in the fourth quarter, you know, I think the last score I got was like 42-41. And then I saw the final score was like, what, 53-44 or something, like a mm-hmm. nine-point game. And um, talking to Coach Massey, he um, he said the difference was that, you know, and I scouted three game films from Calvary for him. I still watch film with him. We still talk about game plans. And Calvary had played zone in every game. So naturally, what does Robertson County prepare for? Zone. They come out and play man-to-man. Um, and the man-to-man, um, the offenses, he said the timing was off, kind of some out of positioning because they hadn't really worked on it all week. And um, he was a little down about that because he felt like, you know, we only prepared for zone. He was kind of short-sighted because – but, you know, I, I, if I'm in his shoes, I'm probably doing the same thing. I watched games where they played zone every possession – and I felt like Calvary probably wouldn't come out and play man because I didn't know if they had anybody to match up with Justin. But Coach Donaldson liked his matchups, and it paid off for him, and uh, they advanced to the semifinals where they're going to take on St. Pat so and have a very good opportunity to reach the finals. Yeah, I mean, they're they're right there. And, you know, we knew, we knew coming in to the season, talking to them at media day, the All-A was, was definitely a, an event they had circled. And, you know, they weren't going to play in it. They were going to win in it. And, uh, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll get St. Pat and, you know, a team they've already beat this year by, by 13 earlier on in the season or by 11. So seemed like a, a competitive game. So, um, you know, the Saints will be hungry and ready to play since they didn't get to play Saturday. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens come Monday night. And then, uh, I mean, everybody will have the, the Tuesday night game circled and then they'll play the championship on Thursday. And what I, I think is going to be, you know, at least two or three good games left there in Brooksville. Um, and we already talked about the Augusta Bracken game a little bit, but, um, you know, I just want to, uh, people don't realize that rivalry game and what it means to both those communities and fan bases. And it's still asinine for me to believe that those two schools didn't play for a number of years for whatever reason it was be, if it was, uh, you know, individual preferences or somebody, you know, upset over a certain situation or whatever. Um, it just totally asinine to me to believe that those um, two teams didn't play. And last night felt like the atmosphere that it used to be for every Augusta Brighton County game. You know, I was watching it on preps, man, because I've not been feeling well and I didn't want to take the chance of uh, going out around a bunch of people. And, uh, you know, I could feel the atmosphere through the computer. Every time a shot was made, you could hear one side or the other. And that's what high school basketball is, and that's kind of what I grew up with. But uh, hats off to Brighton County on that win. And, you know, I just want to give a shout-out to uh, LJ Connor. Um, that kid played his butt off. I think he scored 22 points. 
Augusta's leading scorer. And I thought he played well defensively. And I thought he, you know, played well in the offensive end. Yeah, he turned the ball over a couple of times, but I thought he made some big shots at key times to keep the Panthers around. Yeah, he kept them in it for sure there in the second half. I mean, when they needed a big bucket, he was the one pretty much going to get it. Um, so, you know, he, he he drew some tough assignments defensively as well. Thought he handled his own there on that side. I mean, you look at it, Bracken only shot like 38% in that game. They didn't shoot it well. They missed a lot of bunnies up close in the first half. And, um, you know, I thought they had a great game plan for him and – you know, and that's one of Coach Henson's strengths to me is his preparation for one game. Yeah. You know, I talked to Coach Henson. Um, he wasn't he didn't give me information that was privy to the game plan, but when I talked to him, he was confident. He felt like he had the game plan that would work, and it did. He did yeah. have the game plan that would work and uh a few baskets here and there and um an untimely technical um kind of caused the momentum to shift back to Bracken County and but um it was a good game and, uh, you know, both sides and, you know, but that's what that rivalry is. It forces players to not shoot well. You try so hard. And there's so many other storylines in that Augusta Bratton County game that people may not realize, you know, the fact that Connor's related to Blake and Caden, um, the fact that Jason used to coach at Bracken County, Kaysen played middle school with these guys. You know, there's a lot of storylines there. LJ, he's real familiar with Blake and Caden. And it's just um, – but, you know, that that rivalry forces you to try to do things maybe too hard that forces, you know, unwanted outcomes. Maybe a technical because of emotion or maybe not shooting the ball really well because you're trying to do too much. But, you know, all in all, it was a good game. To the three teams that were eliminated yesterday, um, Justin Becker was the all-tournament nominee for Robertson. Um, I've got word from multiple people that Kaysen Henson was the Augusta select for the alternative team. All-tournament team, I'm sorry, and then Wyatt Clark from Nicholas County. So congrats to those three for their all-tournament team selections. But, um, you know, like you said, three more good games coming up for in Brooksville this week. And uh, with that being said, we'll switch over to the 2A and talk a little bit about Mason and Harrison. Um, I didn't get much information from the uh, Mason County, Bourbon County game. But, you know, the final game last night, Mason, Harrison, I feel like from what I've read, and you can probably touch on this more, Mason County jumped out to a really big lead and Harrison County cut it to a four-point ball game late and just couldn't get over the hump. Yeah, I mean, it was a 21-point lead for for Mason uh, at the end of the third. And it seemed like they were kind of running away with it. Um, from what I understood, uh, Coach Kirk kind of went to his bench a little bit, uh, then put the starters back in. And, it, it, it all, like he said, it climbed all the way down to a couple points. But um, it just it seemed like Mason's fast start was, was enough for them to kind of get over the hump. And looks like K.G. Walton had a big game for them. He had been struggling shooting the ball and – hit four threes in that game, had a big night. Uh, I believe Nate Mitchell went eight for eight from the field, didn't miss a shot, um, which is which is a really efficient game for him. And, uh, you know, it looks like they got a nice little balanced effort because I, th- I think Terrell Henry only had about eight points in that game. And, and you know, that's what I was going to say when you mentioned, you know, about KG and Nate. Um, what, kind of, what kind of team do you have to have that, you know, you know, and don't get me wrong, and I think people agree, Harrison County's n- not scrums. You know, 
they're a top five team in the region. And if Terrell can only get eight or nine points in that game and you can still pull out a victory on the road, that's a good win for Mason County. Yeah, actually he had nine, sorry. sorry nine. <laughs> nine and eight. And then, um, yeah, just a balanced effort all around. Braylon Hamilton had 10. Um, you know, they, they, they just they, – they, to me that was one of their more impressive wins of the season to do that down in Cynthia. Uh, and now they get to go play for a, uh, you know, a two-way title. They'll open up with um, Knox Central, or, or which no, I'm sorry, it's it's the Hopkins Central Callaway County winner. Those two play, I believe, on either Monday or Tuesday. So then Mason County would play that game on Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern against one of those two. Um, then they win that. Uh, they'd probably be looking at a Saturday matchup with Lexington Catholic, which is you know a a, a top five to ten team in the state. Are you gonna be making the trip to Owensboro this week? Uh, I won't go Thursday because of the All-A Championship, but there's a possibility I, I might go Saturday. But that's a long haul, man. I mean, we're talking four hours, and, um, you know, I, I just got to kind of see how the schedule plays out for me um, this week if, if I go or not. Well, and you talked about being one of Mason County's more impressive wins, and I'd have to say I'd agree because you know Harrison County um, on their home floor was looking for that statement win. I think Mason County has solidified themselves as the uh, second-best team in the region. Um, I think their play, their results uh, support that and back that up. So, you know, when they're coming to Cynthia, Coach Brooks and the Breads were kind of thinking, hey, this gives us an opportunity here. This gives us a chance to kind of put the rest of the region on notice that, hey, you know, we can compete with these teams. And, uh, you know, so you know they were a hungry bunch and it seems like Mason County just kind of – maybe with their defensive pressure, just their helter-skelter style of play. They speed you up. They force turnovers. They get transition baskets. And uh, so, like you said, I agree that's probably one of their more impressive wins just because they were probably playing a hungry bunch who was looking to make a statement. I mean, you look at their week. They put a running clock on Ryle. They put a running clock on Bourbon County. And then the Harrison County game, they were dominant for three of the four quarters. So, outside of a fourth-quarter slip-up, I mean, they were pretty dominant this week. And – you know, I, I think they're starting to really flex their muscles. And this week coming up is going to be a great week for them. They've got Campbell County at home on Tuesday, and then they'll go play in the um, the two-way in Owensboro starting on Thursday. So they'll get they'll get tested again this week. And, you know, anytime you get to go play for a title of any sort, I know this one, you know, the two-way, it, it's still trying to pick up its steam, still trying to get its name out there. But um, you know, it's, it's a chance to go play in a, in Owensboro. It's, it's called the sports center. It's a really neat, um, gym and a good opportunity for those kids. And like we talked about with Clark County several, um, weeks ago with, you know, the tournaments they play, um, you could say the same for Mason County. This is probably going to provide them with an opponent or maybe two opponents that may challenge them to where they can get better. And some team that's not in the region may be able to provide them with different looks, different matchups, maybe a different style of defense or offense that may help them prepare for, you know, a regional tournament or a district tournament game down, down the line. And um, so I look for them to probably go down there. I look for them to win their first round game. I don't know nothing about Hopkins County Central or Callaway County, but, you know, I would like to see that Lexington Catholic Mesa County matchup because I think it'd be a good one. Yeah. It'd be a great matchup. And, you know, LexCast presents a lot of problems because they have a seven-footer in Reese Potter who is starting to pick up some Division One offers. So it uh, 
it'll be another great test for them if, if they can get to that stage and, um, you know, just another competitive game they'll get to play in. And hats off to Nate, Terrell, and KG. They were selected to the 2A All-Tournament team for Mason County. And then Harrison County's uh, representatives were Caden Custard and Richard Harris. And, you know, I'm happy for Richard Harris. He's one of those guys the last three or four years that I've coached against that works his butt off, plays extremely hard, who's always always caught the injury bug. It seems like when it when the injury bug stri- striked at Boulder 300, because I think there was multiple years he missed significant time. And he chose to um, – and I think last year, you know, when he played in the district tournament against us in the finals, it may have only been his fourth or fifth game. And I remember him playing with a brace, and I he chose to uh, use his COVID year, and now he's come back and being a key contributor and making the all-tournament team. So congrats to uh, Richard Harris. And um, Clark County hosted an event yesterday, uh, the Tim Short Automotive Classic. Had some really good games. I know um, – Pendleton County took on Martin County. Martin County beat them, I think, 93 to 60. I know Clark County beat Paul Lawrence Dunbar. Um, then I know Madison Central was there. Um, who'd they play? Was it uh, Harlan? They beat Harlan County, and then the other game was uh, Cooper beat Eastern out of Louisville. So, um, four nice games there. But, you know, GRC kind of – I'm not going to say sleepwalk, but – kind of beats, uh, I think, beat Dunbar 25 points. But the kind of thing that impressed me was um, their player of the game was Rashawn Hampton. You know, they got all those guys that get all the credit, you know, the ones we talk about the most. Then they have another guy and they come in that's capable of getting player of the game that we hardly ever mention or talk about. That kind of just shows you the depth that that team has and the trust that Coach Cook has in his bench and playing these guys. and. Uh, so Rashawn Hampton was player of the game. So I don't know much about him, but I just thought it was kind of neat that with all the players they have, especially their first five that we hear about all the time, and then he's able to get player of the game. So yeah, Coach Cooks, he's he's been high on him for starting last year towards the end of the season. He was high on him, and then coming into preseason, you know, he said this is a guy you really need to watch out for, and he claims that he's you know one of if not the best three point shooter in the tenth region. So. Um, you know, he hit two threes yesterday. It got him to eight points and grabbed a couple rebounds. So but he, um, I, I know he also is a class of 2024. So he yeah, also yeah. has a couple more years to continue to grow. And he probably going to be a nice puzzle piece for Coach Cook after after this year where they graduate a couple, somebody they can plug right in. Yeah. You know, and looks like yesterday they went about nine deep. So, you know, like you said, the depth is there. And, to be Dunbar, you know, pretty handily by 24. And this week, you know, coming up, it's like they get to play their district, which, you know, I don't really know if, who can challenge them there uh, with Bourbon County, Montgomery County, and then it looks like they end the week with, with Shelby County in the MLK Junior Classic uh, at home. So, you know, it looks like they get to host another little deal next week. I don't know exactly all the teams in it. It only says them to – maybe it's just a one-game deal. I'm not sure, but um, – you know, the, the, the beat goes on, and I think they'll have to continue to stay uh, the number one team in the state until, you know, someone else can prove otherwise. Do you have any stats on that uh, Pendleton County game? Anybody, I mean, I know the final was 93-60, and I know Martin County's got a really good guard in Brady Dingus, who, uh, you know, is just an extremely nice player. But, you know, that was a tough matchup for Pendleton County, but they did get to play in 
you know, Clark County facilities, which are probably, you know, one of the best. I mean, it's just they have, their f- facilities are, you know, beautiful. Yeah, that's their second time they've got to play there because they played Clark earlier in the season. Um, and, uh, you know, with the Martin County game uh, on January 8th here on, on Saturday. So pretty neat experience for those kids. And, um, you know, I don't see any – there's no stats posted from that game, so I, I'm not really picking anything up my, myself either. It just kind of – I thought, you know, 60 points is, you know, a few more than what Pendleton County has been scoring. So I didn't know if that was just product of, you know, kind of how the game was going or, you know, if Coach Ells were maybe trying to play a little bit faster. Um, but, uh, you know, one thing about Coach Ellsworth's kids, they always play hard. And, you know, I still look for them to be a factor in the uh, district tournament. You know, them, Robertson, and Nicholas, all three on any given night, I think could uh, win the win the two. I still think Harrison County is going to be the one seed at the end of the day. But, um, you know, there was a couple things before we go here. And this has nothing to do with the 10th region, but um, I saw where Coach Belcher posted – that Connor Bishop had a quadruple double for Ryle, 14 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, 10 steals. And that's only happened four times in NBA history. And we had it here in the KHSAA for Connor Bishop. And it may have been yesterday against Fleming County. Yeah, they played Fleming yesterday. Uh, Fleming came away with a win. And Buddy Biggs, a former 10th region coach um, at both Pendleton and Mason County. And he and I think he coached Keaton Belcher in high school. So yeah, it was his first win o- over Keaton ever. He said he was 0-3 lifetime against him as a coach. So, you know. and So he, the teacher gets the student this round. Yeah, he, he gets one. So I'm sure he let him know about that. And, um, you know, those two guys, I'm sure, go way back. You know, obviously, you know, when Buddy was down at Pendleton County, he – he took Keaton and those guys to to the state tournament. So some some really good teams back there in the early to mid two thousands. Two thousand five team that he had at Pendleton County was yeah. Oh my gosh, um, was that Keaton? Was that Keaton senior year? Uh, yeah, I believe so. It may have been his junior year. I don't really know, but okay. they had you know Keaton Belcher, Mason O'Hara, Joey Verax. I mean, those guys were loaded. Pat Elliott. Um, gosh, those guys were really good and fun to watch. And what people don't realize, and I may be getting my years mixed up, but in the district tournament that year, they ran a tournament with Bra. It was like Brossert, Pendleton, Bracken, and Brossert and Pendleton that year were both ranked in the state, and they drew each other in first round of the district at Bracken County. And wow. so that was so, the old 38 district, then I guess. Yeah, I got you. And it, I mean, it was. I mean, standing room only. Fire marshal had to come in. You had two ranked teams in the state playing in the first round of the district. One of the teams was going to go home, and um, obviously Pendleton County won and prevailed. But, you know, that team buddy had no five was – they were talented. All right. um, News broke this week, and I'm still having a hard time wrapping my mind around this. And, you know – me not coaching, I don't really have a dog in the fight, but I think it brings up good discussion. You know, it is the 37 district turn to host the regional tournament, and um, the word started getting out. You know, I do know I got word from the meeting that, you know, one of the athletic directors from that district kind of stood up and said they had something in the works, but they weren't going to mention it right now. Didn't really have much to say about it. Um, I think most people left there with their mind thinking it was NKU to BBT Arena. Um, I quickly did a little search, and it's not available that week. 
So I kind of knew that wasn't it. After text messaging some people, it kind of got wind that the 37th district was looking to host it at Holmes. And um, nothing against Holmes High School, nothing against their facilities. Are they probably capable of hosting the 10th region? Absolutely. Um, are they capable of putting on a good regional tournament? Probably so. But it's the 10th region tournament. How do you feel about hosting the 10th region tournament um, at Holmes High School? It's just weird, you know, and I, I think it blindsided a lot of people on, on how kind of everything played out. And my biggest takeaway from the AD meeting was it, when it got brought up in the minutes that they were talking about the 10th region site. Uh, it, I think everybody had probably assumed it was going to be at Mason County and then they speak up. I mean, this is just me hearing hearsay. I was not at the meeting. I don't, you know, but it's, it's open record on, on what they discuss and, in, in, in quotations, it looked like Mason County was the question mark, but then they had said, we have some things in the works. Like you said, we'll let you know in two weeks. I mean, here we are. It's it's January. I mean, I don't understand what two weeks does. So is this giving them a plan of action of, hey, we're going to do it here. This is how we're doing it, blah, 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 blah. Or are they waiting out on another venue somewhere that we have no clue about, uh, you know, on, on where to host? So my thing is, is, and I think people have made great points all week. I'm perfectly fine with it rotating places. I don't think it has to be married to the field house. If the 40th district gets their choice, heck, why wouldn't you have it at Montgomery County or George Rogers Clark? Those are two awesome gyms. I love those gyms. 38th, you know, maybe there's not a gym in that district that can really host due to the sizes of the gyms. I mean, you think Robertson County, I mean, that fits maybe 2,000. No, but from but from what I've been told from somebody who did the research, we have five gyms in our region that seat more than um, homes. And I'm not 100% sure. Let's, let's name them then. We got Montgomery. We got Clark. We got Mason. I was told that Harrison County seats more okay. than Holmes High School. And there was one more. Bourbon County. Maybe probably. Bourbon County. Yeah. Maybe Bourbon County. So um, those five would be capable of hosting. But no 37th District School. And here's my thing. And I'm not calling out Campbell County, but you're the biggest school in the region. I, I, but you put that most of their big time games get played at a middle school like that. That doesn't make sense to me. They have a turf football field, beautiful baseball and softball facilities. Hello, their basketball program has been the state like six times in the last 20 years. What are we doing? Why, why, why don't they have a, a gym that's suitable to host? I mean, they have the campus for it. They have the room out there. Yeah, it takes money, but – I'm sure there's plenty of money up there to make it happen. So, and that's a that's thing. a very that's a very good point. And you know, and I'm gonna say the word of the night is asinine because I think <laughs> the situation is asinine as well that Holmes High School would even be considered. Now, I have yeah, heard AD say, "Hold on, I have heard a I have heard AD say that you know where each district gets a chance to host. You know, for example, when it's the 38th turn, we usually just choose the field house, right? So. The 37th, and I've heard that there are no bylaws or anything. They can literally choose to host it wherever they choose. So, and I know when it comes down to it, um, I'd say drive, miles, you know, that probably has something to do with it. And I know the 10th region tournament isn't all about money, but I'll be willing to bet you that the, the, the cut of each team is significantly less if it's at Holmes High School. 
exactly. Financially, it's, it's to me, it doesn't seem like the greatest of decisions. Again, I don't care if they if they want to do something different and not have to drive this year. I get it. You, you need all the gamesmanship you can get sometimes. And they're probably tired of driving an hour 15 or an hour, whatever it is, south to Maysville and even further to, to Winchester or Mount Sterling. I get it. You want to host this year. But financially, it just won't make sense. I mean, yeah, the gym seats 3,000 people, but I guarantee you on that semifinal night, you're not getting more than 1,500 people in that gym. But the common fan is not going to go drive up to Covington and, and I, you know, I, a lot of people say parking. I don't even know what – they can, I'm sure, offset whatever parking issues there are. They've got a football field. they got a big, I think, like track or church or something right next next door to the school. So, to me, parking, that's not going to be a big issue. But the common fan is just not going to go up there, I don't think, to, to go watch that. I mean, especially if you can get it live and you can stream it or something. I just think economically, too, I mean, the cities of Maysville, the cities of Mount Sterling, the cities of Winchester, you know, having that economic impact of thousands of people coming in, you know, to your city a, a couple of times, you know, for the 10th region tournament, I, I think it's a, it's a big deal. And like you said, the trickle down effect to the schools. I mean, that money, it, it helps serve a big purpose to a lot of these maybe smaller schools. Let's say Robertson County sneaks in and gets in the region tournament or Augusta or Bracken gets in there. I mean, that, that money, I mean, it goes a long way. People don't realize that the trips to the regional tournament for the small schools sometimes funds the entire athletic program. Um, at Robertson County, I remember um, the year I coached boys and girls both. Um, of course, I was coming from Bracken County girls where going to the region was second nature for me. I mean, I made the semifinals of the region multiple times. So going to the region wasn't really a big deal on the girls' side because the financial implications were nowhere near the same. I remember one time at Bracken County, the boys' check was like a $4,000 cut, and the girls' was like a seven hundred. dollars you know? So, you know, it never was a big deal. I remember at Robertson my first year when I coached – well, it was my second year, but I coached boys and girls both. When we upset Nicholas at Harrison County, I remember – you know, Rodney Massey saying to me right off the bat, you know, that that was a big win financially for the district. Not necessarily that we could win a district tournament the next night, but just the financial side of it to cover three referees on a nightly basis on top of two JV referees. So five officials and, you know, sometimes they're small schools. We don't make enough money at the gate. By the time you let in staff, students free, coaches cards, I mean, we don't make enough to pay for the officials. So a trip to the regional tournament was what a lot of us relied on. So um, I, I'd say if you polled the the 37 district athletic directors that have got, got together to talk about this, I would say they would say that for 20-some, 30 years, they've had to make the drive to Maysville or they've had to make the drive to Mount, Mount Sterling or Winchester. And, you know, it's about time those schools make the drive to us. And I get that. I get it. But to host it at Holmes High School makes zero sense to me. So I want to make sure my history is right. Because I believe the 37th, the, the, how it's formed now, they didn't really join the 10th until the 05-06 season. Now, I understand that Campbell and those – maybe one or two of those teams were in before and they were in that big 38th district. Does that sound kind of like Scott, a right – Campbell and Brosser were in the 10th before Scott and Calvary. Okay. So then they, everybody, when they joined as a district, it started in 05, 06. And then I did my research, 09, they did have it at BB&T, which is a great arena. Love it. They had the, they had the ninth and 10th finals on the same day. 
That'd be and awesome. And it was great. It was yeah. great. I mean, because ninth region basketball doesn't get much better than that. I mean, heck, they had four of the top ten teams in the state last year, and you know, and Highlands ended up winning it. So it proved they were one of the best regions to go. And I, I think that's a cool experience for the kids too to get it playing an arena like that. And I, I think that's at the end of the day, that's what's the most important to me. Looking at it on that viewpoint is what's the best environment, atmosphere, tournament style for the kids. And I just don't know. And again, Holmes is a great gym. It's awesome. But I don't think that's going to provide the 10th, the 10th region, that type of atmosphere or experience for those kids. Let me ask you this. Has Holmes ever hosted the ninth region? Or does the ninth region always contract it out to Regents Hall at NKU or um, BB&T? Where, where's the ninth region usually hosted? I mean, I can quickly look that up. But, I mean, it's usually always at BB&T. I mean – that's pretty much um, the annual thing for them. If not, then let me see here. Because, I mean, Holmes does seat 3,000, but um, regional site history. Ninth region. Looks like they hosted last year. Holmes did? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, then they hosted again in 2007, 2004. So I think before they – we're able to get to the BB and T in 09. Looks like that's kind of when it started for them. It would kind of rotate between Ryle, Holmes, Connor, Ryle, Holmes, Connor. So that was pre 2009. And then it's been at BB and T every year except last year, where I guess I assume Holmes coasted because BB and T didn't want anything to do with, um, you know, liability or, you know, things like that. Or it just might not have been available due to the condensed college basketball schedule, too. Right, I think that probably has a lot to do with availability, but I know, and I know it wasn't available this year when we have the regional tournament. But um, you know, like I said, funny here to add even what's even funnier to that part, Campbell County hosted the ninth region tournament all the way up till 1994. So, was that at the middle school then, or was there a gym before that? Like that's what I don't. Their gym now is fairly new, I believe. I doubt it was the same one they used in '94. Right, and then they probably middle school, Campbell County Middle School. Yeah, so they hosted in 85, 88, 91, and 94. I just, you know, and I know there's no bylaws, so, you know, they can do what they want, and if that's what they want to do, so be it. But I will probably try to find ways to stream it before, you know, I drive there. Um, I do feel like the field house is probably centrally located when you're talking about between Winchester and – you know, Covington and kind of meet in the middle. And I do think the field house provides a, a great atmosphere and the average fan is going to go to the field house. But, um, you know, and like I said, nothing to knock Holmes facilities because, you know, I, I love the look of their gym, their floor. And, you know, I think they do have good facilities, but for a 10th region tournament, I want it in the 10th region. It seems like common sense. I mean, that, that, that's my, my one thing with it is just let, let the kids get their best atmosphere. Uh, give 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 fans you know uh, an equal chance and and again I mean it's just it's just weird <laughs> I mean there's it kind of left me speechless when I first saw it and I know it's caused a lot of you know controversy outrage and you know I guess we'll find out here uh, in about a week because that meeting was on um, it was on Wednesday night so that was January what seventh. 
I assume we'll know by January 20th. You know, yeah, I, I so. sent emails to a couple of the ADs in the 37th and haven't heard back, but those were sent on Thursday when it was a snow day. And I believe a lot of schools were still maybe probably out on Friday as well. So, well, and I'd say you're probably going to get a, uh, a blanket statement or, you know, January 20th. <laughs> yeah. Um, we got a lot of things in the works. Uh, we're still trying to work through those things and, you know, but, uh, I'm going to have to rely on you for this last part here. Uh, oh, boy. Um, you know, I didn't make it out to any gyms this week, and I know you spent a lot of time in Brooksville yesterday. You had to hear something from the crowd just made you shake your head. I think the best one I heard was actually at the Bracken-Campbell game on a Tuesday night, and uh, it was just a person the whole game, literally the whole game, and it was every block charge or over-the-back call. He had position nonstop. <laughs> he had position. Was it from a Bracken County or Campbell County fan? Well, I was sitting on the Campbell County side, so it, it's just the whole game. I, I, and I like I went to bed thinking that I was like he had position. <laughs> that was in my head. <laughs> oh, uh, I've got to make it out to more gyms. I hope I feel better. I haven't felt really well. I'm actually going to get a COVID test tomorrow. So, oh man, come on, PK. Yeah. Um, I've looked up, I've spent, um, the, the, it started actually yesterday and I've looked up the symptoms from this Omicron variant. I seem to have hundred percent of the symptoms listed. So I hope it's all right, man. I hate yeah. I, I don't really feel bad physically. I just feel kind of sluggish. So hopefully, yeah. um, I can go get a negative test tomorrow and actually make it out to the, uh, semifinals this week. Cause I'd love to watch some good basketball and, but, um, all right, man. Another good week. Yeah, a lot of fun as always. And I always enjoy talking to, to the coaches. And you know, yeah, I appreciate Coach Reed. Stuff. Appreciate Coach Reed coming on, man. He uh he's got it rolling over there in Brooksville. And probably, you know, he deserves it after some of the things he's been through the last couple of years. And, you know, just to see some success. And like I told him, I don't think he realizes there, you know, my last year at Brighton County, I saw the papers and we had more people attend girls' games than boys' games that year. Yeah, and I mean – That just excited. doesn't happen. And I, I mean, think he's starting, to, he's starting to bring the excitement back. And like he said, that excitement in the crowd and those fans can help propel you to a close game victory in the waning moments of a game. You think if they can win the All-A this year, you, you have to imagine they, they could be the favorites the next two years at least with, you know, Blake and Caden there for at least three years. And I don't know what the future holds because I don't know what Clark County's got coming as far as uh, middle school programs or freshmen or whatever. But at this point in time, I don't know if I'd be shocked if they don't compete for a regional tournament the next three or four years. I think their guard plays that good. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, they're going to be right there in the mix. And I think after this, the, the next thing for them is going to be getting over the Mason County curse. They haven't beat them this century. I think that's probably their next target, whether that be in the first round of the district tournament or the championship. You know, the the, the, the blind pill will, will seal their fate in that one. Well, and honestly, the one thing I know about Coach Reed, he played with confidence, he coaches with confidence, and his guys on the floor exude confidence. So I don't think he's going to shy away from any opponent. He's 11-5 and five after a pretty rough schedule to start. Um, he's not shied away from anybody. I think I saw you put on Twitter, um, they're 7-0 and oh in the region. Um, that's pretty impressive in its own right, you know. Um, so, but anything else? 
No, nah, we didn't really go over our rankings, but let's do know, it real quick. They didn't really, mine didn't really change too much just because of the latter part of the week. They're not really being much going on with, you know, the snow and games being canceled. But uh, here's mine. I got, I got GRC one, Mason County two. That stays the same. I did bump Bracken County to three. I think the Campbell County win solidified them and, and helped boost them. And this week will be, uh, you know, a week if they can go two and oh in the all-A and then put up a good fight against Ashland, I think they would solidify that three spot as well. Uh, drop Campbell County to four. Harrison County at five. Uh, I thought they'd, I don't know, compete or, like you said, make a statement a little bit more against Mason County. And like I said, for three of those four quarters, they, they Mason County handled that game. Bump Calvary Christian up to six. I think they're kind of playing well. seems like they're kind of finding their identity of maybe grinding out, playing lower-scoring games. Bishop Brosser to seven. I like that team. I mean, I, I know their record's not great right now, but it, it seems like Scott Code's got them playing well. Uh, Kep Augusta at eight. Um, Montgomery County, I have at nine. Scott at 10. Robertson County, 11. Bourbon, 12. Pendleton, 13. Paris, 14. Nicholas, 15. St. Pat, 16. So roughly from eight to 16, not much changed um, just due to kind of a lighter week. And I don't think really any of those teams – had like a marquee win to justify a bump. Our first eight are exactly the same. Um, okay. I'll move Bracken County up just because of their win against Campbell. Um, I felt like they uh, should piggyback them or, you know, leapfrog them. Um, I've got uh, Bourbon County nine. I still feel like – I don't know. I don't feel like they're playing as good as they – maybe I'm still hung up on the fact that uh, – Downey maybe went back to Paris, and maybe I keep forgetting, but um, I put Montgomery 10, Robertson 11, Scott 12. Um, I still feel like Scott's got the talent and personnel to make a run, but they they're still haven't done it yet. Um, and I moved Nicholas to 13. I think they're playing really well. I moved Pendleton to 14, Paris 15, and St. Pat 16. Now, I do feel like Paris could probably compete with uh, Nicholas and Pendleton, and I know they've already beat Nicholas, but um, just with him not playing this week with COVID and stuff, I just thought, you know, Nicholas County's playing really well, so I rewarded them and moved them up. But uh, our one through eight's the same. Then once again, we talk about it every week, nine through 16, nine through 14, really. You can probably throw in a hat and draw out and change week to week. But, you know, um, right now I'll put you on the spot. If you had to do a coach of the year right now, midterm, would you say Adam Reed? Yeah, that's fair to say. I mean, with their jump, I think they were, you know, projected maybe seven, eight, middle of the pack. But with each passing game, they're proving themselves. And I think you got to put them – put him at the top right now. What about if you had to do a 10th region MVP? Oh, man. <laughs> I'm going to have to go Jerome Morton right now. I think he's the horse that leads the number one team in the state. Um, but man, I mean, I think there's five really good candidates and I, I tweeted that out earlier this week with, with Jerome, you got Terrell Henry, Blake Reed, Des Davey. Um, I, I finally got to see him this year, put up 35 and 20, the game I was at. And then, um, I think Justin Becker obviously is going to be in that mix too, uh, with what he's able to do on a nightly basis. So those five, I mean, heck put those five on a team for me and I'll, I'll, I'll go win a lot of ball games for, for anybody. <laughs> Absolutely, and I was going to say Drone Morton as well. Just, you know, the best player on the number one team in the state. And, you know, he doesn't necessarily have to do it by scoring 30. 
Um, he plays defense. He uh, kind of the straw that stirs their drink, and he can score. He can he can facilitate. He can defend. He can rebound. Um, right now, I feel like he's probably the best player. And that no knock to, of course, you know, I'm always partial to Justin, but Terrell Henry's had a a great first half of the season as well as Des Davey and um, I done forgot the other one, Blake Reed. So, yeah. um, all right. Uh, appreciate your time again, and uh, we'll do this again next week. Stay hot. Stay tuned and stay hot.